0: Hello Christmas, welcome back to another episode of It's World. It's me, Krothaka, and today we're gonna to be talking about self-care. So if you've been following my episodes, you know that every month in 2023 I've been making myself a different SMART goal. So rather than making like vague, usually unachievable New Year's resolutions, I decided to do a different SMART goal each month. And then those goals kind of, in a way, are like 12 different resolutions for 2023. Um, Because even though I've just done them for that one month, for the most part, most of the stuff that I had as goals has kind of followed through. So I still continue to upkeep those different things. So in January, my goal was to journal. I still do that pretty consistently now. February, my goal was to get back into running. Just signed up for a half marathon. So I'm very excited for that in July. So obviously, I've been training for that. I actually ran seven miles this morning, which if you told me that I did that in February, like I would not have believed you at all. So it's just really crazy to think about like how far I've come in terms of regaining my running stamina and endurance because I used to do cross-country and track in high school and I mean I remember days where we ran like eight to ten miles at practice and then I would come home shower change eat whatever and then do homework and then go to bed go to school and you know do the whole thing over and over again so it's really weird to think about like I was able to do all of that because I definitely I mean I guess you know I could do it if I wanted to but I have no desire to do that um but I wanted to challenge myself to get back into running, and I figured signing up for a half marathon would force me to because I don't want to go into that without without any training because that would be actually awful. Um, So I'm feeling a little bit low on energy after that run, which, another thing, I feel like a lot of people say, like, oh, yeah, I feel so energized after, like, a hard workout or stuff like that. Uh, That is not me. I get so tired, and I'm kind of like an anti-nap person. I need to rework my thoughts about napping and stuff. But I kind of see napping as a weakness in a sense of like, oh, like, I don't need a nap. Like, I can just power through and I'll be fine. When in reality, taking like a 20 minute nap probably would help me more than just trying to push through my fatigue. Um, And anyways, I'm probably not being as productive as I could be since I'm tired. But you know, that's something we're working on. So anywho... Uh, my goal for March was to get more into cleaning and doing cleaning things that I don't normally do, like cleaning my bathroom and washing my sheets. And despite the fact that I'm a very type A personality, like I, I, like I would say I am a germaphobe. I don't like sharing food with people, but when it comes to stuff like washing your sheets, like, I don't know, I don't really care about that, but I know you should wash your sheets often. I definitely don't do that as much as I should. Um, so stuff like that. And my goal for April was to get into meditating. So I've been doing that. And now for May, my goal is foam rolling. And actually, honestly, I have kind of been doing it anyways, regardless of whether it was a smart goal or not for me. It helps a lot with running, um, post running soreness. I think my calves, quads, hamstrings, glutes, everything would be way more tight and way more sore and in pain if I didn't foam roll as often as I do. Um, So I've been doing that about anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes a week. So it's nothing like crazy intense or anything like that, but it has been really helpful and I think it's definitely made a big difference for me. Um, But anyways, so I got interested to talk about what is self-care actually when I was listening to a podcast and for the life of me, I cannot remember what podcast I was listening to I just listened to so many and i have a feeling it was on my mind by ava Jules. that's one of the ones i've been recently getting into and i've just kind of been going here and there like throughout her episodes so maybe it was her i can't remember though anyways they kind of just like casually brought it up just like as a, theor- a theoretical oh my god a rhetorical question they didn't answer it they were just kind of like yeah so like what is self-care actually And immediately, I, like, opened the notes app on my phone and put that down as a podcast episode idea just because I thought that that was so interesting. I think self-care is very much in the zeitgeist of 2023. I think once the pandemic started and everybody was in quarantine, we all had a lot of free time to dedicate to things that we were pushing off and not prioritizing, like taking care of ourselves. And I think... Also during the pandemic, a lot more people started to understand their struggles with mental health. You know whether they were busy enough or whatever that they could kind of ignore it. Now in quarantine, you're kind of fo- fo- Oh my god, you're forced to be with yourself and kind of come to terms with these different things. And I think also there's just a lot more conversation about mental health in a positive way. So that allowed more people, I think, to just kind of be more open and honest with themselves about these kinds of things. And that is why we're going to be answering the question, what is self-care actually? So to get into it, when I think about self-care, I think a lot about what I've seen on TikTok, especially at the peak of the pandemic when I kind of had first gotten TikTok and stuff. I think a lot of it was like this clean aesthetic girlies, who would have like a three-hour morning routine, they would have like a 25-step skincare, and then they would go to make a green juice, or like they'd go to a shop and get like a $20 matcha, and then they would go to Pilates every day, and actually, and they would go to Pilates with the Megaformer, not the Reformer. Shiv and I went to a Pilates class with a Megaformer, That was literal insanity. My inner thighs have never been as sore as they were after this class. I literally couldn't move, and I couldn't do half the movements. Like, I couldn't actually do the exercises. Half the time, I had it on the wrong resistance, or, like, I just didn't understand what the movement was. I was just trying not to fall off the stupid carriage, and, but with a reformer, it is way more chill. It's, like, super easy to use. I just, I don't know, I don't know why there's such a big difference between the two, because like, technically, both of them are Pilates, but if you're trying out Pilates, I would say don't start off on the Megaformer, it was intense, it was a little bit much, the tr- obviously the trainers, everybody there are super nice, and you know, if you want to try it, try it, I guess there's no harm in that, but if you, I feel like to start off, it's probably better to start off at a studio that uses Reformers. Anywho, so I just feel like that kind of, those kinds of like social media posts and videos and stuff has kind of created like a false narrative or a false sense of what self-care is and what self-care can be. I think it's become highly commoditized on my seven mile run. I was talking with my sister. That's the only reason I was able to run seven miles today. Um, we So I was talking about this episode and what we were going to talk about, or I guess what I was going to talk about. She's not here. and she told me that she thinks that self-care has become highly commoditized because of social media and I totally agree with her I think that you know whenever I'm scrolling on Instagram I see this ad to buy like a $75 facial cleanser or if I'm on TikTok I see an influencer that is like sponsored by a brand telling you to buy like a $17 smoothie at Erwin although I've never seen an influencer who's been sponsored by Erwin I think personally, just because I love grocery stores so much, I think that'd be cool. But like $17 for a smoothie is ridiculous. But you know, like on that kind of level of like, very expensive products that people are claiming like, Oh, if you get this, like this will help you with your self care. And if you don't have it, like you're not taking care of yourself kind of thing. I think that narrative has made people feel like there's this correlation between products and self care that if I have this product, then I'm doing good self care. And that's not necessarily the case. The definition of self-care isn't necessarily standardized. And actually, when I was doing some Google searching for a definition, I found a lot of research articles and, like, organization articles from places like World Health Organization that were talking about self-care in the context of clinical settings, in the context of healthcare. So I thought that that was really interesting. One of the papers specifically that I looked at defined self-care as the ability to care for oneself through awareness, self-control, and self-reliance in order to achieve, maintain, or promote optimal health and well-being. So this was a article that was published in 2021 in the International Journal of Nursing Sciences. So it actually kind of went into the history of self-care, which I thought was really interesting it talked about how self-care has always been a thing that humans engage in. So, like, since the dawn of humankind, we've always engaged in self-care. It's just obviously looked different. So, in the past, people did rituals. They consumed certain foods for... Did I say concern? They consumed certain foods for um, health benefits. They exchanged knowledge with elders and um, people, like, throughout the generations that could have could be seen as a reflective practice. Um, and just like in the clinical context, self-care is really important. I think that's kind of why I came up as I searched for self-care because, you know, number one, it's a thing that's been practiced forever and it impacts health, obviously. So it's important in the healthcare space, especially now as chronic conditions become more and more common, self-care can... Be a holistic way to approach medicine, and more of a preventative stance to prevent people from um, developing these conditions, you know, before they get bad. Um, So yeah, it's just very interesting. And when I think about self care, I just it's so far removed from the healthcare space and the clinical context of what it can be applied to. I was just so surprised when I read this I was like oh huh I guess like you know when you read it like oh doy that makes sense but I would have never thought of that when I think of self-care like I said I think about what I see on TikTok or what I see on social media and I think that there are some pros and there are some cons of this social media version of self-care so not necessarily this clinical context of self-care but what i envision when i hear the word self-care um which like i said is like the clean aesthetic like the girls who have clear skin and who go to pilates every day and drink matchas or green drinks and go on walks and have apple headphones and all this all these like a lot of products are involved in their aesthetic if that makes sense um okay So, we're going to start with the pros first. I think one of the big pros of this kind of social media version of self-care is that it causes people to think about what they can do for themselves. I think that, at least for me personally, when I watched and still watch TikTok videos, Instagram reels, or even posts and stories about people suggesting products that they use, or just routines in general, just like bedtime routines that they do, nighttime... or bedtime. Nighttime, bedtime routines that they do, morning routines that they do, workout routines that they do. Um, it always kind of inspires me in a way to think about, oh, I really like that piece of their routine. I really like this that they're doing. Oh, that product seems really nice. It could work for me. I also have sensitive skin or, you know, XYZ. So I think that it's nice to get inspired by how other people are taking care of themselves and think about, like, be a little bit mindful and reflective about how you can incorporate that stuff into your own routine. Another pro, I think, is that people are made aware of good products and good businesses. So like I said, influencers or just companies in general posting um, on TikTok, social media, you're exposed to a lot of different businesses and products that you might not have necessarily heard of if you weren't scrolling through social media. Especially when it's stuff that just regular users, not necessarily people who have been paid by the company, uh, like videos from them talking about how good the product is and um, or the business in general, how good the business is, I think is a great way for you to get a kind of feel for, okay, like maybe I should try this or I should stay away from that. Like it didn't work for them, probably won't work for me or they had a really negative experience with customer service for this business, so I don't want to support them that kind of thing. I think for like a good example of this, like I talked about last week is like CeraVe. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm, if it's just me, but I feel like I saw a lot of influencers, um, promoting CeraVe, like cleansers and stuff on TikTok last last summer, last year, maybe a couple of years ago. I don't even know, but that's kind of what put CeraVe on my radar. And then I bought CeraVe and I've been using CeraVe for the last like two years now and I love it. And this is coming from somebody who, like, I never did any skincare. I never did any hair care or self care in general. I mean, of course, kind of like I said, self care has been a thing that everybody does, maybe not super consciously. And I was probably one of those people. I think now it's just become much more mindful. Like I said, it's much more in the zeitgeist. People are actively seeking out self care routines and self care practices, and one of the ways that companies are utilizing that is that kind of collective change in behavior is social media um but anywho so yeah so I feel like because I saw the influencers using the brands um that kind of put on my radar and then I went and bought it and now I'm like a loyal faithful customer and I love the brand similarly like the rare beauty blush I talked about last time I think that, I'm pretty sure it went viral on TikTok, because they always I get all their marketing emails, and it's like, the viral blush, or like, the viral whatever, um, like, literally the entire brand is viral, but anywho, so like, th- I think I saw a couple of videos from people who went to Coachella last year, who got samples of Rare Beauty stuff, I guess Rare Beauty was at Coachella, IDK, um, but I saw so many people try on the blush, and it looks super good, and I was like, oh, I have to get this when I um, go to Sephora next, or whenever it's back in stock online, it's always out of stock, but yeah, so I think that that is another big pro of that social media version of healthcare, just like the promotion of it, I think, allows people to determine, like, oh, that's a good business, or oh, that's a good product, um, without having to necessarily buy those things, and waste that money and time trying to figure out if it's going to work for them or not, which yeah, there's plenty of stuff out there that can work for somebody and not somebody else. But I think for the most part, when you see stuff that's been used by people, especially people that don't have a financial kind of like stake in the brand or company, um, it's definitely kind of puts your mind at ease. Like, okay, I can get this product. Like it's a good product and it should hopefully work for me. Like it worked for them. Um, but yeah. Okay. So the next pro that I have is you can kind of, in a sense, like I said, be adopted or be adopted. Whoa, that's not what I said. So in a sense, you can kind of be like inspired to try certain routines or adopt new habits into your life. So like I said earlier, I think, you know, it causes you to be more mindful and think about how you can, um, do more things to maintain optimal health and it can also inspire you to take action not necessarily not just be mindful but also take action. I think that's a big thing for me. I didn't like I said I didn't have a skincare routine before the pandemic. I kind of was blessed in a sense I pretty much had clear skin all of um, high school. I started getting acne once the pandemic started and once we had to start wearing masks. So, I think all the moisture that the masks trapped in my upper got not in my upper and like my lower, like below my nose area. I don't know. I just started getting a lot of acne. And then I started seeing all this, like the importance of using cleanser and moisturizer and all these things that I had honestly never even heard or seen of before. Um, And so after watching a bunch of different videos and seeing it a lot on social media, whenever I scrolled through TikTok or Instagram, I was finally like, okay, I need to look at these recommendations from other people. And some accounts were even like dermatologists um, and doctors and nurses and stuff who are recommending certain brands. And that can be really helpful too. I think having more of a qualified person in an accessible format telling you what brands are good and what products to buy. Um, and that inspired me to create the skincare routine that I have now and that I do every day I talked about it in one of my previous episodes. I'm pretty sure I talked about it, in like what my ideal day looks like. Uh, but pretty much every night, I just use the CeraVe facial cleanser, the foaming facial cleanser, and I have this like toner thing from Wander Beauty. It's like a toner and essence mist. Um, I'm not really sure. I got it for free, so I'm not super sure on the details of that. But I use that, and then I use an niacinamide serum from the ordinary because it was only seven dollars so I was like might as well try this out and it works pretty well for me and I mixed two different moisturizers together so selfless by uh, oh my god selfless by Hiram his niacinamide moisturizer and the milk vegan milk uh, moisturizer which I'm almost out of which is really depressing I very recently bought the CeraVe AM moisturizer because um, it has SPF and stuff in it so then I don't have to worry about putting sunscreen on top of my, um, face routine, um, and plus, like, I can use it in the morning, like, I can shift my skincare r- routine to the morning if I wanted to, because it's got SPF in it, so then I can do that in the day versus at night, so we'll see, we'll see what I'm feeling, but I don't, I feel like it wouldn't be an issue to use a moisturizer with SPF to go to bed, I know they have an AM and PM version, but I just got the AM version, because I didn't want to spend money, um, anywho, so yeah, so I think that there are a lot of pros that can come from the social media version of self-care, but there are also some cons. I think a big con is that the social media version of self-care creates an unhealthy ideal of self-care. Like I said, when I, whenever I scrolled through TikTok, that kind of stereotypical, like, gym girly aesthetic or clean girly aesthetic is like somebody who only drinks green juices and goes to Pilates and like works out and walks and like does all this stuff um that can feel unfeasible for a lot of people um you know maybe they just don't have enough time maybe they're working like a nine to five and they don't have enough time to incorporate all this stuff into their like daily living they don't have three hours in the morning to be going through this morning routine that they're promoting so I think that that can make people feel less than or make them feel like whatever they're able to do for their own self-care isn't enough and so that makes them not invested in their self-care and that makes them not optimal health I think that can make people feel like they're um not able to take care of themselves which is rather unfortunate because obviously that's not the case. Just because one person is able to do all these things for their self-care doesn't mean that just because you can't do them, you're not able to take care of your own self-care. I think that's one of the beauties of self-care. It's different for everybody. Um, It can look different for everybody. It can feel different for everybody. And that's what makes us unique, the human experience. So you can't base your own routine fully off of what other people's routines are. And social media is fake. Not everything on social media is real. It's edited. Um, for all you know, they could have done those different self-care things over the course of a couple of days and put it together and just said like, oh, this is my self-care routine. It's not all happening in the same day. Because sometimes it's like impossible. And sometimes you're going to have good days and bad days. You're not always going to be able to follow your self-care routine to a T every day. You just do as much as you can and that's the best that you can do at the, at the moment. That's all you can do for yourself. And that's fine. Like that's life. Okay. (laughs) Anyways. So like I said, um, I think another bad thing about the social media version of self-care, I I think I've said that like 20 times already the social media version of self-care. I don't know how else to put that, but I need you to understand what I'm saying. So I'm going to keep saying that is that it's commoditized, commoditized self-care. So I think even like myself included, a lot of people think about self-care in relation to different products that they want to get or that they want to own when in reality you don't need, you don't need to have these products in order to practice self-care. There's a lot of stuff you can do within yourself with whatever you have at the moment to better your self-care routine or just better your health in general. Um, And so... I think that even for me for a while, I kind of felt like, oh, I don't have this product or, oh, I don't have that. So I'm not able to do like the best self-care routine that I can for myself. Um, And that made me feel negatively. That made me feel upset and bad um, about myself. But I think that that's a lot of unnecessary negative feelings that you harbor towards yourself that just like aren't needed because self-care comes from within. in, a lot of different ways. And I think that the commodity, the, I can't say this word, the commodi- commoditization of self-care is a huge con of like the social media ideals that we see online and that we're constantly bombarded with. So, okay. And then the last con I have, I feel that seeing self-care content just in general online has in a sense, kind of diluted the true meaning of self-care. Like I said, when I looked it up online, a lot of what was coming up was related to self-care in the clinical context. And the article that I got the definition of self-care from was actually the importance of nurses teaching patients self-care so that they could take care of themselves to prevent themselves from developing chronic conditions or to prevent themselves from getting further infections, things like that. And I think that majority of people in my age group wouldn't think of that context necessarily when they hear the word self-care. At least that's what I think personally and what my sister also agreed with. So based on that small sample size, I think that most people have a diluted sense of the true meaning of self-care. So what is self-care actually? I think it's so much more then drinking green juices, doing yoga, going to Pilates with the megaformer, drinking matchas, going on walks, and, you know, having a certain physique, having clear skin, having fair skin. I think it's basically just being mindful. You need to be mindful of all the different dimensions of wellness and health. So, not only is there physical health and wellness, but there's also mental, social, emotional, environmental. There's so many different dimensions of health and wellness, and the prioritization of them or the order in which people kind of prioritize those different dimensions, it depends on the person. I think that's what makes self-care routines unique to an individual. So I think that when you see stuff online, you can't take it to heart and you can't be like, I need to follow this to a T in order for me to be taking care of myself. And if I don't follow this, I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not giving myself the best. When in reality, I think that the pro of seeing all the self-care stuff is that you can get inspired by it. You can become mindful of your own everyday life and what different parts and pieces of different self-care routines or practices that you're seeing online can you incorporate into your own life. So I think that's kind of like the beauty of seeing stuff online is you can get inspired by it, put your own twist on it, mix and match stuff together, and kind of create your own version of that that self-care routine that you saw online. That's what I've done with my skincare, that's what I've done with like my night routine, my morning routine. I've taken bits and pieces of things that I've seen other people do or that I've wanted to do Um, and just put it together and it's worked for me some things I don't like I'll stop after a little bit and look for other things or stuff that I like you know I keep consistent with it and I keep doing it um, because it makes me feel good and I think that's a good way to figure out a self-care routine for yourself and when I say self-care routine it's very loose I don't mean that it's like a specific you have like a skincare routine or a hair care routine it can be whatever you want it to be um really self-care can be anything you want it to be. I think that's kind of the point of what I'm trying to say, even though there is that kind of loose definition, um, there isn't actually a standard definition. So because of that, it can be what you want it to be. I think in order to maintain optimal health, um, that's kind of like the key part of that self-care definition I think that's what ties it together. Whatever that practice or behavior is, it's to further your health and wellness to get to that optimal health, which, in and of itself, is hard to achieve. Regardless of whether you are one of those clean aesthetic girlies who can do all these different things for yourself, or if you're somebody who literally has no time to prioritize um, yourself in that way, it's hard to achieve optimal health. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to achieve optimal health. I think whatever you can do for yourself, you should do for yourself. As long as you're trying your best and you're putting the time that you have to get better sleep, to eat better, to work out in whatever way that looks like for you, that doesn't have to be Pilates on a mega form or it could be running, it could be walking, it could be strength training. Like there's so many different ways that you can better your physical health that don't look like what's online. Um, and, you're not really going to know until you try. So I think that's another big thing about self-care routines. You need to be open-minded and you need to be willing to try different things and figure out for yourself like, oh, this is something I like, or oh, yeah, no, this isn't happening. We're not we are not doing this ever again, which is how I felt after my mega former Pilates class. Can you tell that I was traumatized by that class? Oh, my God, I said that really weird. Can you tell that I was traumatized by that class because... That was, so too, that was too much. At one point we were doing squats on the carriage and I was just trying to, like I was using my inner thighs so much because I was trying to keep the carriage from moving backwards and then like I would have just fallen in between the um, carriage and like the open space. So <laughs> it was just a lot. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is that doing something is better than doing nothing at all. One of the times I met with, um, this nurse practitioner for one of my internships, because he was also vegan and I was vegan and I was interested in healthcare and he's a vegan in healthcare. So I was like, oh, we should meet. So I went to his house and I was asking him about organic food because, you know, that was a big thing. It was 2019 and I mean, it still is a big thing now. A lot of people buy organic, uh, produce and foods and stuff like that because it's kind of deemed as being healthier than regular foods. But obviously there is a huge price point difference in organic pro, pro- whoa in organic produce versus regular produce, typically a couple dollars or so more. Um, and that can make a big difference for a lot of people who are living paycheck to paycheck minimum wage. Maybe they want to eat healthier, but they can't afford organic produce because every dollar counts, every dollar matters. And he told me that eating some fruit is better than eating no fruit at all. So, even if you can't afford organic fruit, buying fruit in general and adding that into your diet is obviously going to have better health impacts for you than eating no fruit at all. And I feel like it's a very simple thing, but it was so profound for me in that moment. I was like, just like shook and taken aback. I was like, you know what? I had never thought about it like that before, but that totally makes sense. And I think that's how we should think about self-care. It's not necessarily what's portrayed in social media on these in these different videos and posts and stuff. And I think that's a shame. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. All right, well, if you couldn't tell by all the times I messed up, I am a little parched. I need to drink some water. So, I'm going to bid you do. I hope you have a great rest of your day. If you made it to this point of the episode, thank you so much. I appreciate you and your time. If you have a second and you liked what I had to say, or if you didn't like what I had to say, but you still want to, you can totally rate this podcast, preferably five stars. Um, make sure to turn on post notifications. We have new episodes every Monday. I'm actually currently in Greece when you're listening to this. I had to record this before I left. So when I, so and I post on Instagram to promote every episode that drops. So if you want to see pictures from my Greece trip, make sure to follow us on Instagram and it's not the end of the world pod. I'm sure I'll make a fun TikTok. I have a bunch of different posts, like for travel stuff, like travel transitions and stuff saved. So I want to try and make them. We'll see what happens there, but you can follow us on TikTok. At TikTok. Did I say TikTok? TikTok. I'm losing my mind slowly. TikTok and it's not the end of the world P- Make sure to let me um know what you think as well. Do you agree with me and my kind of views and philosophies about self-care? Do you disagree? Um, do you think the social media version of self-care isn't necessarily um, as bad as I've made it out to seem? I try to be as fair and honest as possible, but I do think in a way it is more negative than positive. But I can be my mind can be changed. I can be convinced otherwise. I'm an open-minded person, I would say. But, like, that being said, I'm not dissing on any of the quote-unquote clean girl aesthetic people who post um, on TikTok or Instagram or wherever on social media. Like, that's great that you can do that self for you, that self for that stuff for you and that helps with your self-care routine. Like, I'm not saying that that is a bad thing in and of itself. I think it's just that social media can be fake. Inevitably, I think that is part of the game. So it's just important for people to be mindful and aware of that. And I think especially in the context of self-care, that's not something that people talk about as often, at least in my inner circles of people that I see like face-to-face IRL and my experience with what I've seen on my personal like for you page and TikTok feed and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of made me think about this topic in this way. But again, if you're one of those people that makes these kinds of clean girl aesthetic videos, you'll enjoy going to Pilates on the mega former. You enjoy, you know, getting your matcha or making a green juice and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you do you. And like I said, everybody has their own unique, self-care routine that works for them their own unique needs that need to be met in different ways and um i oh i don't know if you guys heard that i got an apple watch notification and i don't want it to seem like i'm saying that these people are doing anything wrong or um are promoting like unhealthy ideals and stuff like that because sometimes people don't do it with that ill intent um and so it's not fair to put that kind of view or perspective on them. So I want to put that in here just to remind everybody that that's not what I'm saying as well. On the other hand, on the flip side, I'm not demonizing these kinds of accounts or content at all. Um, but yeah, so I will talk to you next week and maybe I, you know what, I was thinking about doing an episode about like why is everything better in Europe? Because I'll be in Europe and Greece. And I thought that that would be funny because, I don't know, it's just such a huge thing here in, like, the U.S. We're like, oh, everything's better in Europe. Um, so, and obviously everything is better in Europe. I'm not saying that it's not. It is. I understand and totally agree with that. Um, but I thought that could be an interesting thing to dive into. So we'll see how I feel when I come back, how jet-lagged and um, dead I am. will determine whether I'm able to put some time and effort into, um, doing some searching and stuff to plan that episode, if it's going to be more chill like last week, so only time will tell, um, but make sure to tune in next Monday for that, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, love you.